What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jason Watson, Mission St. Louis, and welcome to Say That to Say This. Y'all already know I'm here with my right-hand man, brother from another mother. What's up, dude? Hey, this is uh, Josh Wilson here. Uh, say That to Say This podcast, getting at it again. Getting at it again, man. How you been doing in this COVID world, man? Bro, trying to stay sane, man. Stay insane, man. Stay insane. All right. How's the crew? The crew's been good, man. The, the family's doing well. The kids are out of school, like everybody's kids are out of school. A lot of food is being eaten. Bro. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, it's an interesting time. It's crazy, man. Like, we never cook this much. We have more dirty dishes from eating three meals a day than we know what to do with. So. Very true, man. Like, I, I, the funny thing is I've been cooking me breakfast in the morning, man. I make me some turkey bacon. And hold on, hold egg. on, everybody. We have been on numerous Zoom calls, and every morning this dude is on the Zoom over the stove, yep. making sandwiches, making everybody hungry. Yes, yes, man. It gives me some energy for my day. Um, I'm an extrovert, so, you know, social distancing is very difficult for me. Uh, but, you know, I've been been just trying to keep it pushing, man. Uh, hey, let's talk real quick. As we're rounding out this season uh, on the podcast, I know one of the things that we're really interested in, for those of you guys who've been following along, uh, it's been, this has been an incredible experience for us. Nice. We've had some really good conversations. And uh, we talk a lot on this podcast specifically uh, about talking about hard things, shooting elephants, True. things that... Uh, aren't getting discussed or aren't getting dis discussed in length. And uh, we brought some of those things to the table. There's definitely more to come in season two. But one of the things that I know is important to us is that some of the questions, some of the topics, some of the things that, uh, that our listeners are thinking about, mm -hmm. uh, what's the best way for folks to uh, get questions into us? What do, what do you want to see? What do you want to know, Jay? Man, that's a good question, man. We would love to get a lot of engagement for the listeners. We actually would love to hear from you guys. So, we have a couple plans, man, to do some live podcasts that'll let you guys kind of interact. But if you have time, man, feel free to go to the website, um, hit us up on the website. When these are posted, feel free to also comment in the comments on Facebook. If you don't follow us, follow us on Mission St. Louis uh, Facebook page. And in the comments, let us know your thoughts about uh, some of the content. But also feel free to uh, to let us know any other content you'd like to hear us discuss. You can also instant message that information to us as well if you'd like to. Or reach out to either, either one of us individually. But we do want to hear you guys' thoughts. And we love to take some of the things that you'd like to hear us kind of talk through and wrestle through um, and discuss. Yeah. So... Um for today, one of the uh, one of the elephants that I want to that I want to hit one uh, thing. If you know anything about who we are, our heartbeat, uh, maybe even our legacy as an organization, one of the things that has been top of mind uh, really from the very beginning, because I failed so much as a leader in the very beginning. I mean, mm. a white dude uh, coming into St. Louis made a ton of mistakes. One of the the, the learning lessons that helped shape shape us as an organization. Uh, was this idea of dignity. And we've talked a lot about that in previous podcasts of uh, how much relationship matters, how much dignity matters. Uh, but when starting Mission St. Louis, when starting a nonprofit organization, uh, the way in which we got started because of my leadership uh, was really spending a lot of time spewing goods and services throughout our city. Mm -hmm. uh, I really, honestly, in a, a bunch of uh, ignorance, thought that if we had enough money, enough resources, enough people, we'd eradicate all poverty. What people really needed was to be spewed on with goods and resources. Mm. And in that process, did way more harm in our city than we did good. Mm. And uh, and so we're in an interesting time right now. I mean, one of the things that 
and, and you've done an incredible job of, of, of teaching me is just uh, this idea of dignity in what we do. So if we're, mm. uh, if we're thinking about it, and if, if listeners are, especially in a moment like this where uh, jobs are being lost, the culture that we, that we sit in today is difficult, um, we're really wrestling, I, I think, in going like, hey, we care deeply about dignity. Yet at the same time right now, there is a ton of need. Two weeks ago, you and I and this incredible team of volunteers and folks yep. uh, did a food food supply drive. I think we saw over two hundred something cars come through. But that is that's a dichotomy, right? It's it's not mm-hmm. the way in which we have normally functioned as an organization. Uh, and so we're in the midst of tackling this paradigm of deeply caring about relationship, deeply caring about dignity, uh, believing uh, oftentimes that uh, that just pouring out goods and resources sometimes does more harm than good yet we're doing that absolutely i mean well it's it's funny because uh there's a scripture in the bible that says uh we should under it talks about understanding the times and knowing what to do right and um i think the the beauty about caring compassion caring compassion doesn't hold its systems um tightly caring compassion creates systems for the betterment and flow of individuals that they serve, but caring compassion recognizes that systems, again, have to bend to individuals. So when, when situations and circumstances change, the beauty about caring compassion is when it cares those, carries those systems loosely, it's willing to adjust those systems because it realizes that there's a, a, a different way that people need to be loved on or cared for. And that's kind of when I think about us, you know, we talk about and we don't do a lot of charity-based um, things. And for those that are listening, what that simply means is um, because we care deeply about dignity, we try our best not to be in a business of just giving things away. However, we do want to empower individuals, meaning we want to put them in a position where they can accomplish whatever it is that they want to obtain, possess, or accomplish. But when we see a a pandemic like this and we recognize that there is immediate need, that's when compassion says now is the time for charity. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I think that's that's really the the proper heart flow of compassion. So um, we are supposed to pivot. There's nothing wrong with change, even though the, the, the identity of our organization, education, workforce development, that's the identity of our organization, but the DNA of our organization is care, compassion, and relationship, right? So you even recognize when you think about a relationship with a person that people over time, they grow, they change things, you know, um, even when you talk about love languages, like they change, that could be, you could feel have one language that's your priority at this year and three years later, that love language changes, you know what I mean? Um, and it's the other person's responsibility to pivot, right? Um, and I think that's that's what we've done well as an organization. And honestly, I've seen a lot of organizations pivot well in that way in our city, like to begin to offer different services to jump. We've seen, you know, individuals and communities, you know, pivot and be willing to do things that maybe they wouldn't necessarily have done before. I mean, honestly, people don't realize we've also seen individuals put their lives at risk. I mean, anytime you're willing to go in contact with individuals to serve them and to be there for them, like people are literally risking their lives and individuals may not realize that. Sometimes the people serving don't even realize that, but that's what compassion does. It draws you to act 
in moments, even though that action may not be something you always do, it's something that you recognize needs to be done. So when you see, so, so let's, let's start at the beginning of this. Um, why is it so important that we don't function if we, if we care deeply about that aspect of dignity, yet we also care deeply about this idea of compassion? Um, where has and how does charity destroy some things? I mean, I think, we, uh, I think one of the ways to, to summarize a, a bit of what you said is uh, this idea of charity is often doing for others what they can do for themselves, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, the win comes from the giver, uh, that hero mentality. Often that dichotomy has played its way through for generations and generations uh, in, in, in our country. And let's say this at the onset, because I know where we finna go with this, yep. but what we, we want to make sure to make clear is that charity is good, right? We just want to make that clear. If, and Josh always uses the analogy, if, if somebody, if my house burns down, and we lose everything in my home, Charity would say, man, let's go look out for this family. Charity is good, right? And I may be able to, to put some pieces of my house back together. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that I don't need your, uh, your, your charity, your compassion, your willingness to Correct. come and make sure that my family is taken care of. But like anything, we can do things to an extreme or to the detriment of what we're really trying to accomplish. You know, um, and sometimes we do that for a, a variety of different reasons. But we just want to say we do believe charity is good, is necessary, um, and there are times for it, right? Uh, and I just wanted to, you know, make make sure that people understand that clearly. So, so with with charity, you can come out of two ways. One, you can be desperately in need of charity, mm-hmm. and that be a right and a good and an honorable thing. Uh, and in the same way you can approach charity in a way that is all about you. So let's Correct. talk about both paradigms of that. Uh, what should it look like um, and, and what should be going through our heads as we come to a place that we need it? But what, what, what do we need to be processing through as we prepare ourselves to receive charity? What, is that, what does that look like? How, do, how, you know, how, how, does that, how does that need to play out? What do we need to be thinking through? The, the, one of the things that I think about when I think about charity, right, I think about the importance of seeing yourself in that individual. Because what that does is it gives you a balanced perspective of how you need to handle them. And what I mean by that is anytime you're uh, offering services of, of something like that where there's charity being offered to an individual, when you put yourself in, in their particular shoes, when you recognize that you literally could be where they are. That's it. It makes you think through, well, how would I want to be treated in this situation? You know, here's a here's a basic concept, right? If you with your bros, right, and y'all about to go out, you know, say y'all about to go to the arcade or to a bar. But anyway, you and your bros, you're about to go out. One of your fellas, they ain't got no money, right, Josh? Um, and he like, man, I ain't got no money, but I really want to go. Can you take care of me? Yep. You know, can you look out for me? Well, what I'm going to do to that friend is I ain't going to wait till we get to the bar and be like, man, whatever you need, I'm paying for it. What I'm going to do is before we get to the bar, I'm going to shoot him his money. You know what I mean? Here, here go go $40 for you, $50, whatever I'm going to give him. So that way when he get to the bar, he don't have to feel like somebody is spoon feeding him the whole time we out. You don't have to be embarrassed to come ask for a drink. Shame, guilt, the whole thing you're processing. Exactly. So now this is your money. You spend it how you want to spend it. This is yours to do with you know what i mean now i don't have to do that right it's not wrong for me to say hey man at the bar i could be completely genuine and man once we get there i got you whatever you want and be willing to purchase him whatever he wants to be purchased and genuinely mean that 
but thinking about what it may make him feel like, right, before we get there, I want him to feel confident, you know, that he can he can move around, he can do move however he wants to move. I, when I think about charity, I think of a similar thing, right? So if I want to serve somebody or help somebody in that way, I want to be mindful of what's going to come along with the way in which I help them. How is that going to make them feel? Are they going to feel like, or they're going to feel, or they going to feel a level of ownership? Um, are they going to feel a level of this is mine, not something that someone gave me or someone let me borrow? Um, now, again, we're not saying that there aren't times for that where individuals need and we meet those needs. But I think that's the way, that's, the, that's a heart of compassion to say, let me think of what can impact you in my giving before I give. Uh, and so let's, let's keep walking this, this paradigm out, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so you and I go, you spot me some money as we go through. Uh, but the reality is in, in this setting, uh, we're going out again, right? Mm-hmm. This, this pandemic, pandemic is going to continue we don't know where the end is. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is going to be June 1st. We're, we're slowly headed back to normal. This could be something that lasts for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there isn't, and we see this all the time, right? There, there's moments along that relationship mm-hmm. where uh, I begin to question your intention. You begin to question uh, whether I, I'm in need of, of that money. How do we walk this out? And, and, that makes sense for me and you going out on a, on a Friday night when, when the world is back to normal. It's different when mm-hmm. we're talking about survival, we're talking about intention, uh, we're talking about money from government and all of those things taking place. And so in that paradigm, there are moments when intentions are questioned on both sides of this paradigm. Uh, and so with wisdom, you know what? Let, let me insert something into this. It just this just kind of popped into my head, and I think this is interesting to bear weight on this discussion. And for the record, I didn't prep Jason at all for any of this I, conversation. I had no idea this conversation <laughs> was going to happen at all. Um, and anybody that knows us knows that uh, that's probably normal. That's right. But um, let me insert this. I just thought about this, and it's going to be an interesting, I think, uh, interesting thought to bear on this. Even when it comes to supporting individuals. For me, I think about the place that they're in and the evil that could be caused by the place that they're in. Um, Some people don't. I've come to realize that, and I'm not saying everybody in my environment thinks this way, but I remember the thought of if I don't have, I take. And it wasn't a malicious. It just was like it's survival, right? If I don't have, I take. And my perspective even now is if I leave a person to starve and it's food inside of my house, why wouldn't they come through my window? You understand what I'm saying? That's what starving people do. They eat. Um, Now, I'm not justifying the behavior. I'm saying that even in our charity and even in our support of individuals, we need to understand that when individuals are in survival mode, Sometimes the way we love and care for them in our charity, you know, can can help steer away from the mindset that comes along with hunger, yeah. that comes along with starving. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about, I mean, what would say that to say this be without a Tupac quote, right? <laughs> so if you guys are not familiar with Tupac, you should definitely look him up. But he has this analogy, and Is I really want to. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has this—he has this interview where he says that um, imagine 
you know, a group of people that are they're hungry, they're homeless, they're starving. They come to a door, they're nice. They knock on the door, they say, hey, you know, could we have something to eat? The people yell through the door, we sorry, man, we don't have anything. You know, try again later. Then the people come back the next day. They singing Christmas carols, they begging for somebody to food, they knock on the door. But this time they look through the window and they see people in there eating and it's a big table of food and they Feast. feasting. Yeah. And then they tell them, uh, you know, we sorry, we ain't got nothing. Then the people come back again. Now the song went from a Christmas carol to like, you know, we are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry. Now they singing like this and they see people throwing throwing meat away and bread all in the trash can and they out there singing, we are hungry, please let us in. And they steady telling the people outside, we don't have any food to offer you. So the next time the people come back, they done went from a Christmas curl to we are hungry, please let us in to I'm picking a lock coming through the door blasting because they done went from the point of saying I'm starving, I'm hungry, help me. Yeah. And you telling me I'm seeing you throw food in the trash can. I'm seeing y'all waste food on the ground, give the dogs in the house what you got left and the crumbs. But you let you leaving me outside to starve. That means eventually I'm going to recognize that it's not even just the fact that I'm starving. It's also the fact that you okay with the fact that I'm starving. You know what I mean? Um, I say that to say that even in our charity, we need to be mindful of where starvation leads people mm. and, and recognizing that any one of us will, could be in that situation. I don't know one mother on this earth that wouldn't do anything on earth to make sure that their children eat in a desperate situation, right? So, and sometimes those calls for things that could be difficult. So even in my charity, when I'm working with a dude and um, I, I learn about some of his tendencies and things that he's experienced, because when you're in an argument, you know, people are mad and they say, man, I'll do this to somebody. That's different for a person who's actually done it. Mm -hmm. You know, that person has to practice a different restraint because you just got the idea of hurting somebody. I've been hurting people. So when the opportunity comes to hurt somebody, my restraint look different than yours because I didn't already went yeah, there. You know what I mean? So when I'm dealing with an individual, when you're dealing with individuals, you have to understand that they way of thinking going to be a little bit different than yours. So when I think about how to serve this dude, I'm going to be thinking through all of those nuances. Some dudes I know like from their pedigree, like maybe they've done some things, maybe they haven't. Like I, he's in desperate need. And when he gets to desperation, or when she gets to desperation, she does this. That's a, that's a variety of different things for different people in different contexts. For some people, that's prostitution, mm -hmm. right? For some people, that's selling drugs, you know, tweaking the stock market. For some person, that's, you know what I'm, a Ponzi scheme, robbery. For another person, it's, it's, it varies, it varies Absolutely. from person to person. person yeah. You know, so you have to understand that individual's tendencies when they saying, I'm starving, I'm hungry. But what if charity never leads to a relationship? Mm, that's that's a really good question. Because it's an invitation in, right? So, and, and it's one of the it's one of the beauties of charity is is charity at its purest is giving with no intent of of receiving back, right? Mm -hmm. like the, 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 there's a picture of what what charity looks like. We've also said that it's also this invitation into relationship. We're in a season right now where there's so much need, and we have the opportunity to. to do whatever we can, right, to, to meet some of that need. What if, it, what, what if it never leads to a relationship? Is that harmful? It can and it can't be. I think it's a couple of things. Number one, the mission of the individuals providing the charity. Some, 
it's it's an issue when you think that charity is relationship. It's not an issue if you recognize that charity is not relationship and your role is to just meet a particular need at a particular time. Bro, that'll preach. Some individuals do charity and they think that they're doing relationship. And, and in so doing, they think that they have say-so. They think that they have ground. They think that they have depth that they don't have. So when they don't receive a certain response or a certain connection, they feel... They feel mishandled because they had expectations of a relationship that never really existed. Mm. You know, it's like disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Often either A, we create expectations that somebody is not even aware of. You know, women will understand this. It's kind of like that guy who you friends with, you don't really like him, but for some reason he thinks you like him, even though you said you don't like him. He's hoping he can wear you down. <laughs> He's hoping he can wear you down. You I've been in that I, situation more than once. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we the, the things in our head that we think are attracting people aren't really attracting people. You know what I mean? It may be meeting needs, but it's not necessarily building depth of relationship. So what happens is individuals do see you as someone who can meet an individual need, but may not necessarily see you as someone who they have relationship with. If you're going to do charity with relationship in mind, the relationship part has to be very, very intentional. And normally those relationships and that charity, the charity flows from a relationship. So the, the, the charity comes from, I have a relationship, now I recognize a need, I know you well enough to know that this needs to this need needs to be met in this way, you know. Um, but other times, there we also do things like what we did last week, which was we 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 look out, we see a hurting city, we see people in um, difficult situations, and we say, no, we don't have relationship with everybody. We have relationship with some individuals. We have relationship with our city as a whole. So we know in doing so, we're going to come in contact with individuals that we don't have relationship with. And in doing so, we, we wanted to put information inside of those packets to make sure that maybe there is an opportunity for relationship moving yeah, forward. Or, or an invitation into. Absolutely. Or an invitation into relationship. So I think we were intentional in that way. I think it's also important not to be overbearing and to force a relationship, yep. Yep. right? Because sometimes in doing charity work or even doing you know any type of social work, we're upset because we can't build a relationship with the individual. The, re the reality is everybody, I'm not going to be able to build that depth of relationship with everybody. Some people are not going to like me. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. You know, when you deal with that many people, it's just going to be some people where personality-wise, we're not going to click. So maybe I need to connect them to Josh, or maybe I need to connect them to Avilio or David, or you know what I mean, or, or Amy, or one of the other team members, because they may click in a different way. So sometimes it's a matter of knowing that even when I offer relationship, that doesn't mean that it's going to automatically create one, you know, um, but it, it is important to make that offer and to create opportunities to invite people into something more deep. Yeah. And I just, I just think that, that at this time, and uh, there's just so much, there can be so much error on both sides, yeah. right? So, so the hard part is, is such good intention, mm -hmm. uh, such need. That we have to, and, and, and by no means are we sitting at this table saying that we have perfected this, but there is so much error on both sides of, uh, of not meeting what expectations are, forcing relationship, um, uh, destroying dignity. and people Hold up. So, I, I mean, I know you've talked about this a lot, and maybe some people on this podcast aren't familiar, but from your perspective, again, 
white guy, Louisiana, you talk about the failure. When you think about charity and you think about the way that you approached it on the front end, um, in a very transparent moment, again, another elephant in the room, what do you think was the heart that needed to be shot down in order to change the way you approach the work that you did? Or at least change the mindset of the work that you do? I wanted to be the hero. So everything was about uh, telling a story. But explain the nuance of that, because you wouldn't have said that then. Then you probably didn't even, it was subconscious probably, 100%. right? Yeah. So explain how that played itself out. Like for because there's some individuals that may be listening that's like, they yeah, I heard that, but that's definitely not me. Right. But if you were listening to the podcast, then you would have said that's definitely not me too. 100 percent I think for for me there was there's definitely moments that seeing the need, being being in the midst of uh, of what was taking place, like right heart, right passion, right want for outcome. Mm. Um, at the center of it, I was, I, I wanted to be the person that, that made it happen. I didn't really mm. care, but uh, to be honest, like the, the hurt, the population, the poor, whatever, whatever you want to call it was a means for me to achieve mm. what I wanted to achieve. Now, my intentions may have been right, but, but that, that by no Meaning means. Meaning you weren't doing it for money or anything like that. That's exactly right. But you right. just wanted to be the hero in the story. That's exactly right. And I, gotcha. and I wanted the outcome for, for everybody to win. But, but at the end of the day, I wanted to create a good story that was, uh, that was oftentimes from myself or who I represented mm. to make sure that got a good experience, learning opportunities, something that could be celebrated without any understanding of what that transaction was going to be what was going to take place. How did you recognize that? Uh, I had a lot of people really love me well. Mm. Um, and so uh, there were countless stories along the way where uh, I sat down with, with community leaders and I came in and spewed a bunch of vision uh, and they slowly dissected uh, mm. where this uh, idealism was coming from. Um, I had multiple people look at me and be like, hey, not everybody's poor. Right? Mm. And do you even know the weight of what that word means? Mm. And, uh, and for me, those were just these moments of pausing and stopping. Uh, and then... How did you deal with that in a moment? I mean, I know, you know, subconsciously... I got pissed, dude. I got, to be honest, like, I mean, that was... The truth mm. was, like, uh, it was... It destroyed my tower of knowledge in such a way that that dismantling left me mm. angry and upset. Interesting. So elephants in the room. I'm going to assume that most of those, in, a lot of those individuals you heard from were probably African-American. All of them. <laughs> How was that being in a position where now I'm hearing from a different people group who now carry the weight of knowledge about what it is that I'm going to be doing? My whole narrative of what I understood about the black community, mm. my narrative that I believed my entire life was beginning to get shattered. Mm. So if I'm honest, right, I'm a, I'm a college educated man. I mm. grew up in a middle income family. Mm. Uh, I watched the news. I listened to my people narrate what was taking place and at some point began to believe it as truth. Mm -hmm. And then as I got to the place where I was confronted, right, with, with my mentality, and mm. if that was actually true, right, <laughs> uh, 
allowed me, or maybe maybe the biggest challenge was uh, instead of coming in here knowing, why don't you listen? Mm. Why, why, why don't you begin to be taught and to come from a place of what I felt was superiority to a place where I was under authority, learning, mm. being taken under the wing of uh, you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Black, white. It doesn't like that naivety of youth and racism mm. being submitted to someone with more knowledge and more understanding uh, without somebody taking the courage to be able to do that. I don't know where I'd be. That's heavy, man. Um, and I appreciate you, you know, for sharing that, man. Um, it's it's interesting because when we start to have these types of dialogues, a, a lot of people, one, haven't had them, don't even come to the conclusions you've come to or seen some of the things you've seen or and, and realize some of the things you've realized. Do you know what I mean? So even for the listeners, for those that may be, you know, just tuning in, this is your first time tuning in, we believe in having healthy conversations that are uncomfortable because we believe uncomfortable conversations done in a healthy way can really bring forth fruit. You know, so um, again, and, we for would, the, and for those of you who are going to who are going to put in questions, know it's going to come with uh, vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're really excited about this for those. We're, we're going to get ready to wrap up, man. This was one of our this was kind of a. Uh, one of those podcasts where we just kind of wanted to sit down and see what kind of came out. Um, but we want to get you guys really excited, man. We're about to gear up for season two of our podcast, and it's going to have a lot more formality to it. And I just want to let you guys know a little bit about what that'll look like. So in season two, you've heard us talk a lot about elephants in a room. So every episode, we will have a particular elephant that we will be shooting. Um, and we'll have, uh, that'll be a segment within the show. Um, and it'll be the elephant in the room segment where we'll talk specific about that elephant in the room. So you guys will be able to go again to our uh, our Facebook page or Instagram page, Mission St. Louis. Um, leave comments. Make sure to give us some of the questions. Also, you'll be able to give, present to us some elephants you'd like to see us shoot. Um, so we're really, really excited hey, about but, that. Uh, can we give them a little bit? Can we can we give them a little sneak peek into what's coming in season two? Yeah. Can we can we can we touch on? Not a little elephant. Can we touch on the mammoth elephant uh -oh. that we're going to hit in season two? Let's do ready? it. Let's you do sure? it. I'm ready. All right. So uh, so one of the things that we've been talking about for uh, the last few months and one of the things that uh, <laughs> that we're going to need some prep on, but one of the things that we want to talk about in season two is what the role of white people in black neighborhoods is. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I'm excited about that discussion. I mean, I would love to talk about community policing. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, um, on both sides, because you have some people that are very adamant about it. Yep. Um, you have some people that are against it. Uh, so that I'm, I'm excited about things I'm sure like we're gonna that. We're going to touch on housing, but I, I think I think diving deep into what that role looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've touched on a little bit today, uh, but but my hope is 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 for those of you guys who are listening to this right now, um, we've got some time to, to to get your questions. So as you think about some of these topics, as we as we wrap up season one, as we get ready for season two, I know Jay, we're going to do a couple of Facebook lives uh, mm -hmm. over the summer and, and and prep for. But please start sending those questions. We want to be able to answer them, and uh, we'll make sure we get to them. We would greatly appreciate that, man. Again, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Jason Watson, Mission St. Louis. Josh Wilson. Thank you for joining. Mike make sure.
Make subscribe. sure you like, subscribe, and share. That's really, really important, guys. We want to take this podcast to the next level. We're going to be going into video podcasting. You're going to see a lot of upgrades, a lot of changes in season two. Please share. Let people know. I guarantee you season two will be off the meter. I promise you that. So, man, thank y'all for y'all time. Say that to say this. We signing out. Holla.